welcome to Thriving as a Physician, the podcast that teaches you to thrive in your weight loss and life while juggling a packed physician schedule, because you deserve to thrive. Each week, I share sustainable, enjoyable tools that work in your busy life so that you can reach all of your goals faster with more confidence. Everything in this podcast is backed by my experience as an obesity medicine physician, years of coaching physicians on weight loss and eating, and my own personal weight loss journey. Let's get thriving. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Hello and welcome to episode 275 of the Thriving as a Physician podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Thank you so much for joining me. I have an important topic today. Today we are talking about the real cost of people-pleasing as physicians. So people-pleasing tendencies are quite built into our life as physicians. They come up repeatedly when I'm coaching physicians and there's hidden costs to them that I don't think we are aware of when we're making those choices. And I wanted to dig into that. This is a topic that came up recently inside one of my coaching calls. And it's such an important topic for quality of life as physicians. There's so many places that this impacts us that I thought it would be very important to share with you on the podcast. You know, being a physician is hard. Managing your eating and weight as a physician is harder. And I'm here in this podcast and all the other resources I offer to make it easier for you to spend less time obsessing about food, more time enjoying your life. That's what we do here in this podcast. And I think this topic is really important one. So I have to tell you, I never would have thought I was a people pleaser. And some people who know me well and listening to this may laugh at the idea that I am, because I feel like I was always fairly independent, (laughs) did my own thing, didn't really worry about what other people thought growing up. And yet there are definitely a lot of people-pleasing tendencies that I have that I've become aware of the more I've done this coaching work. And one of the biggest places they show up at is work. They don't show up for me a lot outside of work, but in the work environment, yes, they're definitely there. And like I said, most physicians do have some people-pleasing tendencies and they're often hidden. And it doesn't stand out. Like it's not like, ooh, I'm gonna try and make everybody happy in my day. It's not really how these tendencies show up for us as physicians. They show up more as what good doctors do in quotation marks. They've been handed to us through years of culture in medicine as these are what good doctors do. This is how a good doctor shows up. This is what a good doctor says yes to. And it has a real impact on us as the physicians. And I think this culture of you'd need to do it because that's what a good doctor does is contributing to the burnout and the issues we're having with physicians being able to stay in medicine because medicine has changed too, right? Even the course of my career, medicine has become more complicated. Visits are longer. There is more required to happen in that visit. Think to yourself, like how many just truly simple, all I need is a prescription, great, and you don't do anything else. Those are few and far between. (laughs) they're like a a unicorn when they happen. And I'm speaking, obviously, from a primary care standpoint. 
And so I don't know for a specialist, but I imagine it feels like it's changed too. Plus changes to the system, the system being under strain often ends up where we're trying to do more as the physician. There's the resources to get external help and support for our patients isn't always there in the way we want. And so we take on that responsibility. So our jobs are getting harder. There's more administrative tasks, more forms, more paperwork, more lab work, more uh, changing how my biggest pet peeve that happened recently is changing how we can do standing orders. And like they make these changes and they have such an administrative impact on physician offices where we used to be able to write a standing order for lab work saying you do these ones every three months, these ones every six months, these ones annually. Now we have to write a separate form for each time frame for the standing order. And it's just redonkulous because it's more paper that could potentially be lost. And it's more clicking administrative work on our end. And that stuff drives me bananas. I'm now just on a rant. I know that you guys understand it too, but I'm like, Why do we make these changes in this day and age when primary care and medicine in general is under a large strain? Why are we creating changes that require me to make three separate forms for a a person with diabetes routine blood work? Anyways, I digress. (laughs) Let's get back to the topic. So the cost of the people pleasing that we do of doing things because we think it's what good doctors do, but it has a cost to us is it's kind of like you gather discomfort over the course of your day, like bowling balls. Like you're like, okay, well, I'll take that that bit of discomfort from you and I'll take that discomfort from you. Because really what people-pleasing is, is when we take on discomfort to avoid somebody else feeling uncomfortable. That's the main thing. So you don't want to have people waiting in the waiting room because they might be uncomfortable by waiting there. They might be upset that they've had to wait. So you stop doing your notes, which we'll talk about. So that's like a bowling ball. Somebody says, oh, hey, can you come to this meeting? Because, you know, we really need somebody. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll do that because nobody else is going to do it. And, you know, it's wrong to say no. It's another bowling ball of discomfort. And so over the course of the day, you have these big arms full of these bowling balls of discomfort that are really hard to hold on. And every little thing adds up. When you look at this, it's not like one time that you have a bit of a people-pleasing pattern and you sacrifice your discomfort to try to prevent somebody else from feeling uncomfortable. It's a lot of little things over the course of the day. You end up finishing exhausted. Maybe you end up finishing needing to still do work. And then you eat because you've spent your day feeling uncomfortable. You've spent the day developing more and more discomfort and you're exhausted. And that those are huge triggers for eating. So the people-pleasing tendencies that we're talking about kind of wreck your day. They make work in medicine feel harder than it needs to. And also they trigger eating and they can be a big trigger where you then blame yourself for your eating, which creates more discomfort. And yet it's not actually about the food. It's about always feeling like your boundaries are being crossed and that you don't have a choice is what it is. So the classic pattern, this is what comes up over and over again in coaching calls. Tell me if you relate to this. Classic pattern is maybe the day's going okay. Then a patient encounter goes long. They had extra stuff to talk to you about, or maybe there's something significant going on, big mental health issues, whatever it is. The patient encounter goes long. And you realize, you look at your watch, you're like, ah, crap, I'm behind. I'm now a half hour behind or whatever it is. And what's interesting is all the physicians I work with have a different opinion of how much time it's okay to be behind. And I just want to point out, if you have that, it's arbitrary. You've made it up. Who knows why? It's like, I can't be behind at all. Some it's like 15 minutes is 
my limit and then I start to get stressed. Some are like a half hour is my limit. Some people are like an hour and then they start to worry that they're too far behind. And it's all made up. And I share that because if you're like, oh no, it's 20 minutes and I shouldn't be more than 15 minutes behind, then you can start getting into these patterns of like something's gone wrong and I need to change what I'm doing. So then what would happen is worrying about the patients in the waiting room, worrying that people are waiting and are going to be unhappy or dissatisfied. So then you're like, okay, well, I can't get my notes done. I've got to hurry up and get to this next room. But then what's really interesting, if you look at this with curiosity in your own life, is then you probably become less efficient in that next room. So you're moving on to the next room, but you're worried that they're already unhappy because they've been waiting a long time for you. So maybe you say yes to that extra thing. Maybe you try to over explain yourself to try to make them happy, or you spend more time chit chatting to try to make them happy and diffuse what you perceive to be as them being upset about waiting. But you become less efficient in the room, which then makes you a little bit further behind. So then you don't do your notes, and it becomes this big snowball that starts to roll. And then you start to be less able to keep your boundaries on future visits when people are like, oh, but can I do this one more thing? Or can you see my kid who didn't actually have an appointment? Or whatever it is in your specialty, it becomes harder to be like, no, actually, I need to keep going. And so you're like, okay, yeah, because you're in the mindset that you've done something wrong, that they're uncomfortable, and it's your job to make them not uncomfortable. And then you get further behind. And guess what? You end up where you probably have notes to do. You probably didn't get all your paperwork done. And you feel frustrated. You feel exhausted. And you end up eating in the evenings. So the big piece that I want to share with you as just a thought exercise for you to think about and contemplate, it's not that you have to give up all these patterns, right? We get to choose how we practice, and there's times where you can choose to indulge in these. But if you recognize that they're patterns and they're just thoughts that you could change if you wanted to, it gives you power to make the decision of, do I actually want to indulge in this, or would I like to change it? So the big piece that I want to share is about the inequity of the discomfort. So when we are like, oh, that person in the waiting room, they've been waiting, and if I sit down and do my note they're going to wait for five more minutes and that's not okay because they're already past that magical time in my head that I've told myself people shouldn't wait for me. And so I need to keep going. So what ends up happening is you've just taken on discomfort and what that discomfort for you might mean, what it means for many physicians is, okay, I'll be doing that note tonight in my evening because I'm not going to have time to do it during the day since I didn't do it right now. And I want to point out that a patient waiting in the waiting room who, by the way, has no like no knowledge of your arbitrary time thing. So they might be like, oh, she's taking a long time. They might be, or they might be scrolling Instagram on their phone and not even aware of how long they've been sitting there. They may not even notice that extra five minutes. Or if they do notice it, they might be mildly like irritated by it. That's one level of, of discomfort. When we make that a big deal and we stop doing our notes, we are taking on a whole other level of discomfort because what that then means is we are now spending our evening, which is the only time off, the only time with our families, doing notes. And we've made that trade to try to keep that person in the waiting room a little bit happier so they don't have to spend five more minutes sitting scrolling Instagram. We said, okay, you know what, I'm going to give up my evening so that you don't have to sit there. The problem is, is the patient never knows that we've made that sacrifice, right? They, they don't know to thank you. And if you had sat and done your note, they wouldn't have known that you sat and did your note. And they wouldn't have known to be like, why'd you take another five minutes to do your note? Couldn't you have done that in the evening? 
So our brains are willing to make these trades, be like, I don't want that patient to feel uncomfortable, so I'm going to assume the discomfort. But the problem is, often when we do that, is the level of discomfort we are assuming is much higher. And it's much more cumulative, right? Because it's often not one patient we're doing that with. It might be a whole afternoon because this cascade starts happening. So there's an inequity in the discomfort trade. We're trading a fairly low level of discomfort so that our patients don't experience it. And we're taking on a fairly high level of discomfort of spending your whole evening doing your notes or spending your evening thinking about how you have to do notes. It's uncomfortable. It's not fun. It on its own drives eating for a lot of physicians. This is what I want you to think about. When your brain wants to sacrifice something from yourself to say no to one of your own needs in order to not bother other people or to keep other people more comfortable or hopefully make them more happy, I want you to really ask yourself, where is the balance? Is this a balanced trade that I'm happy with? Or am I actually trading their low level of discomfort with something that's very significant for me? Because this happens over and over again. The other place that this shows up where in my last years of doing obstetrics, I became more aware of it, but I hadn't even thought of for most of the early years of doing obstetrics is that whole idea that I've been up all night delivering babies and I have not slept and feel trashed and I have an office book tomorrow. And that idea of I'm only allowed to cancel the office if I truly, truly cannot function, right? I think a lot of us do this. And when you think about it from this standpoint, it means, okay, I am going to that office without one of the most important basic needs met. I have not slept. Maybe I haven't eaten. In my case, it usually would be I go... So I don't have time to go get something healthy. I stop at a drive through between the hospital and the office. So maybe I eat crappy, which again is taking on more discomfort when I look at what actually are important things to me. So I show up at the office and I start seeing patients so that the patient doesn't experience discomfort of having their appointment rescheduled. The office staff doesn't experience discomfort of having to reschedule patients. Office partners maybe don't have to experience discomfort of maybe having to help out and fit some patients in. Or your future self doesn't have to experience the discomfort of finding some extra time to fit in some more patients when you're actually well-rested. And what happens then is you're there. It's a high level of discomfort. Working post-call when you haven't slept and you just really want to go find a bed and lay down and crash and you are there seeing patients, it's a high level of discomfort. And it's really making a trade to try to keep patients and staff happy. But their discomfort, if you were to say, you know what, I need to cancel some my office, or I need to shorten my office, or I need to like curate the people that actually need to be seen. The level of discomfort for patients and staff is fairly low when you compare it to the high level of discomfort of functioning without any sleep. And when I started to realize this, because also what I realized in my own life is I'm like, you know, most when I'm seeing people post call, most of those are fairly routine visits, meaning they're like, you know, following up on their A1C, refilling their antihypertensives, and they do not actually need to be seen the day I didn't sleep. They could be seen the next day, a few days from now. There's so many other things. So what I started doing when I recognized this is I'm like, I'm not doing that to myself anymore. That's not fair. I'm going to start looking at it and looking at the day and deciding. And so what I often ended up doing was curating. And so I would look if I hadn't slept very well and I wanted to be able to go home and sleep. I would look at what I had booked 
And I would choose and be like, okay, those ones probably actually need to be seen. I'm going to, can we get them to come in earlier so we compress them all or get them to come in later so I go home and sleep now? These other ones could be rebooked. So when you recognize this stuff, play around with it and be like, how could it work better for me? And here's the core belief that you need to work on for this is that you deserve to have your own needs met. It is okay for you to have boundaries to prevent discomfort for yourself. It is okay to have boundaries in an office visit and be like, you know what, I can't do that last thing. Let's book another appointment for it. Or the boundary of, you know what, that person who's waiting for me in the waiting room needs to wait for just a few minutes longer while I quickly finish this note so the chart is done. So I'm not taking it home and creating more discomfort for me. And what I want you to take away from this podcast episode is really looking at where could it be that I am trying to keep people happy, but I am assuming a big mismatch in the discomfort level where I'm assuming way more discomfort than what they may have experienced if I had held a boundary. Because this type of stuff triggers a lot of eating. And as a physician, if you're really struggling with your eating, like we've talked about a lot, it's not going to get better by you just telling yourself not to eat and telling yourself you just need to eat healthier. That's not actually what's going to work. What makes a difference when your physician's struggling with your eating is figuring out this type of stuff, is being like, okay, you know what, when I do that through my day, I feel worse, my day feels worse, and also I just want to eat a lot. If I can start working on this type of stuff, I feel better, my day gets better, and those urges to overeat fade away without me ever trying not to eat. This is huge, and this is why I do the work that I do, and what we do inside Thrive Academy for Physicians is we work on these so that you can create changes to your eating without ever just trying not to eat, and it's what makes Thrive Academy for Physicians so unique because I teach you how to do that in your own life. I don't just teach you, okay, how, to, how do you not eat the crap when you really want it? I teach you, how do you make it so you don't want the crap as much without telling yourself you can't have the crap? So as you listen to this, as you process this topic about people-pleasing, you don't have to stop at all. You can if you want. If you're like, that is not working for me. I want to cut that stuff out. You can stop the people-pleasing. You can work on setting up really good boundaries. But if you don't want to get rid of it all, at least consider this concept of the balance of discomfort. Where are you shortchanging yourself? And can you at least make changes there? If you're going to try to prevent somebody else from having discomfort, can you try to do it in a way where you don't assume a much, much greater version of the discomfort? Play around with it. See what comes up for you. All right. Have a fantastic day, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.